science like makes sense to me. Okay. It's like I find God in science, and so oh, wow, really, wow, really, wait, that's a wait, that's an interesting statement, yeah. man. I've yeah. never heard that. You really start diving into like the beauty and complexity of of all created things. It is it, it's really hard to not uh, know that there's a designer. Let's talk about yeah. money yeah. and Christianity. A lot of people are like, well, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's a misquote of scripture. People think that struggles with lust and pornography will end once you get married and you quote unquote have access to you know sex because you're living with your wife but that's not that's not true decision stacking becomes your habits your habits become your character your character becomes your destiny like i was in such a bad place that even as a christian it's like i wasn't even like pursuing god for the answers one thing or one pivotal moment can can really turn things around for people or change the entire Absolutely. change the entire game for people what do you think got you through that if you know what what mindset i invest very differently now i had to humble myself enough to know like okay there's something about this business that i'm not getting mm. and i need help you know circumstances circumstances reveal things you know mm. i'm approaching it a hundred percent different and i have so much peace now and you know you talked about you know if i would change anything I really welcome all listeners. This is another episode of the One Big Head Game podcast with me, Bo Killingsworth. Uh, Bo builds things on social media, but we have a special guest in here today, and uh, he's special in many ways. He owns multiple businesses, so he's going to be able to talk to us about you know operating two different kind of lanes at one time, which is special and unique. And he's also a very faithful guy. But Brian Malasson is here owner of Great Harvest uh, Bread Company here yes, in sir. Lafayette, Louisiana. Also owner of C620 Nutrition, which is a fitness uh, consulting company, essentially, mm -hmm. and coaching company. So he comes at it from that angle, too. He's very knowledgeable about that. And uh, and thanks for coming on, man. Dude, my pleasure, man. And uh, I feel the same way, dude. I think we're just going to have a, a great friendship. Yeah. And uh, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad we met a couple weeks ago. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, bro. So I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, me, me too, man. I, like, I had seen you a few different times before. Like at a gym, you know, mm -hmm. like at Hub City Fitness or something like that, and and then I heard about C six twenty Nutrition, you know, because I, I've I, you know I've hired coaches and this mm -hmm. and that, and I've gone down the road, and so I knew of you. I didn't know you, and I'd seen you a few times. Like, who is that guy? You know, he seems to kind of operate in his own world. You know, uh, he he owns that uh, that bread company mm -hmm. as well. I'm like, who is this guy? And I, we'd never had an opportunity yeah. to meet really. And, uh, and our, our paths never crossed, but I, I will say this, like I met you, uh, a, a couple of, couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, at a men's group. And, uh, and when you opened your mouth, I was like, oh, this guy's different, completely different than I might've thought before, you know, not that I really knew anything, you know what I mean? You meet a lot of people, yeah. meet a lot of other business owners and this and that. Um, but you're much deeper, you're you're much more attentive uh, than I would have ever thought. Not that I really knew anything. So, so I so hope you, that's so, a, I hope that's a, I hope that's a compliment because it's meant to be. So when you saw me in the gym, I looked shallow. <laughs> <laughs> in like, other who words, is, who is that guy? Just you know, you, you flapping his gums and oh, well, not even training. Well, I'm no perfect guy and I have judged people in the past. Okay. Sure. This is, I'm a human being and uh, I see you and, uh, 
and we're kind of like we're bigger guys mm -hmm. you know and i was like this guy might be a little like me so therefore i don't know i don't know about this guy yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. i mean you have you ever felt that way i mean it's not the best oh man i mean but, we're, you know. we're, we're all in, we're all in process you yeah. know it's like we're all working on becoming uh better men you know and yeah, and, yeah. and part of that is is you know <laughs> relinquishing judgment you know <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah it, it, it's it's part of human nature to to to, to make judgments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I can't remember any specific judgments I had about you, but you know, in my past, I've been the type of guy who is, uh, you know, kind of puffing my chest out or something, sure. you know, I got my thing going on, you know, I'm not worried about other people and this and that. I, I have been guilty of that sure. disposition, for you know, sure. but, uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking, uh, here, uh, for a couple hours or what, whatever it is. And I guess I'll just start it off with like, uh, you know, the same podcast questions uh, that you knew were coming, you know, like, uh, I guess you grew up here. Tell them a little bit about yourself, I guess, you know, let's start out there. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I'm a local boy, yeah. uh, you know, grew up uh, on the north side of Lafayette. Um, mom was a school teacher. I have one sister. Uh, she has a doctorate in physical therapy. She has a cool. uh, therapy clinic out in Youngsville called Cedar uh, uh, yeah. Wellness. Yeah, physical yeah. therapy. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, grew up, um, you know, broken home, like most people nowadays. Um, so that, that led to a, a, a very unique path in and of its itself. But, uh, yeah, local guy and, um, you know, really got into, uh, fitness when I was, uh, working offshore. Whenever I graduated high school, moved out as soon as possible. Um, you know, when I was young, I was, uh, I was just angry, you know. My dad mm. left at a really mm. pivotal age, and um, the 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 backstory with that was just, you know, he's a serial cheater, and so it's like, uh, you know, he left at a very important age in my life, yeah. and uh, and I didn't have anyone to release that anger on except like my mom and sister who live with me, you know. And so I was yeah. just an angry kid at, at at home, you know, and so strained relationship like with my mom and sister at that uh that high school age yeah so moved out uh right right when uh graduated and um uh when working offshore and as a uh on a production platform and uh i believe jace uh J me and jace used to work through the same contractor uh, really? way back really? in the day yeah interesting and so um but i really fell in love with fitness because my lead operator at the time jeremy like he took me under his wing and like he was like a father figure to me and so it's like dude after the, after day's work it's like uh, he'd train with me every day out shore, offshore on the rig mm -hmm. and uh whenever i got done working offshore i came back to school and uh started going to school for kinesiology and then started uh working at anytime fitness at the time and uh, just fell in love with science. Um, yeah. You know, all through high school, I just kind of coasted on natural intelligence and didn't didn't really study. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah. uh, and then you know, party a <laughs> lot in college. But then, like like science, like makes sense to me. Okay. It's like I find God in science, and so oh, wow, really, wow, really, wait, that's a wait, that's an interesting statement, yeah. man. I've yeah. never heard that. I mean, that's awesome. when you really start diving into like the beauty and complexity of of all created things it is it, it's really hard to not uh know that there's a designer you know for, for sure and so completely fell in love with science and when i love something it becomes easy for me yeah, um, yeah. and so uh through the course of uh going to school for kinesiology and training at anytime fitness um that was like the 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 foundations for me mm -hmm. 
And uh, so I trained at Anytime Fitness for a while, and then uh, my boss at the time, Bobby Hines, he offered me uh, a job in Baton Rouge to go and uh, head the PT program there. So I moved to Baton Rouge for a little while. Uh, and during the course of living in Baton Rouge, Bobby was great. He'd always bring in an expert every year for uh, continuing education. And so I was, they used to, you know, they, they still do, but like I, I got my nickname, the mad scientist from being a personal trainer, you know, uh, because I would just devise these brutal workouts, you know, yeah. uh, because that was my thing at the time is, <laughs> yeah. is the study of movement, you know, yeah, kinesiology. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and so, uh, but then I really started getting into nutritional sciences and, um, uh, and then, uh, I really started following a lot with, uh, natural bodybuilding at the time. And there's a guy named uh, Lane Norton. Uh, he's still really big in the industry, uh, but he was huge. He was huge back then. Uh, you know, he had contracts with Bodybuilding.com, Extend. Uh, he was he was just the man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, obsessed with the stuff he was putting out because he had his PhD in nutritional sciences. He got his, his thesis was on leucine metabolism, and so uh, read a lot of his work. And um, so really started taking the the nutritional approach of like, okay, there, there's science here, and I want to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Bobby brought him in uh, to be the guest speaker one year because he knew how much I liked him, you know. Mm. And uh, it, I mean, it's, it's such a it's such a God thing. Like the the next clip I'm about to tell you, it's just, it's just all God, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Bobby brought Lane in and to teach a seminar, and it was supposed to be held at the new Baton Rouge Club, but the club was still under construction, as you know. In construction, things tend to get delayed, yeah. and so we were about three to six months behind on construction. So the gym hadn't even opened yet. Um, you know, I was just living out there. We were trying to sell memberships because you know the gym wasn't open, and so the Lane was supposed to come do the seminar at the Baton Rouge location, but instead we had to have it at the Franklin location that Bobby owned. And mm-hmm. but Lane flew into Baton Rouge, so me and Lane got to spend just hours and hours together uh, driving, and ended up becoming friends. Then we trained together, and then he did a seminar, um, and we stayed in touch. Um, but just to, to to backlog a little bit. Um, whenever I started getting into nutritional science, like I really dove into the deep end. And so, um, I convinced my manager at the time, Josh, and he's one of my best friends, uh, to let me prep him for a bodybuilding show, uh, because getting contest lean is all about nutrition, you know, uh, or, or a lot about nutrition. Right. Because um, whenever you're trying to get in contest shape, the goal, first goal is muscle retention. Second goal is fat loss. Third goal is like energy balance, you know, yeah. um, trying to have enough energy to, to, to function, you know. But whenever yeah. you're trying to get down to contest prep levels of conditioning and elite conditioning, you know, four to six, uh, four, four to 6% body fat for, for, for men yeah. uh, for most divisions and, you know, for women, you know, that 9 to 12 range. Um, it's, uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just brutal, but it's, it's, it's all science, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, Josh, he let me prep him for a show. Uh, Josh got shredded, uh, won his class. The guy who came in second to Josh, that show hired me, uh, the next year. Uh, and he ended up winning uh, a ton of shows. So then fast forward, uh, you know, uh, Lane came in, did the seminar and he continued to follow me on social media and he, uh, stayed in touch with me. And he saw that I took a science-based approach to things and my clients were getting shredded. And he emailed me one day and he's like, listen, I, I have so much influx of clients. I can't handle it all. Would you want to be on my preferred coaches list? Yeah. And I was like, dude, I, I mean, I'm, I'm honored and absolutely yes. Yeah. And so he put me on his preferred coaches list. Um, and then, but the thing that like the, the real God moment was uh, Lane did a video on metabolic adaptation that ended up getting like half a million views at the time. And at the end of the video, he was like, hey, if you're looking for a good coach, 
um, I could recommend this guy, this guy. And then like he paused for a second and he was like, or Brian Melancon, you know, and even said my name incorrectly, yeah, yeah, but in yeah. a way that people could spell out on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he, uh, he linked it's me, thing, he, he linked yeah. me in his bio and, you know, and at the time I was just doing C620 nutrition for fun, you know, right. I was still working for Bobby. Um, and from, from, from that video being launched, uh, I became uh, a national coach, uh, kind of overnight, yeah. you know? And so That's my client awesome. roster was national than international. So I grew faster nationally than I did locally. Yeah. Um, and then it got to the point where I was, I was growing so fast with C620 that like, I, I was like, listen, like, um, Bobby, like I can't handle doing both and I have like a really important decision to make. I can either try this entrepreneurial journey or I can keep working here. And Bobby's such a good guy, and he 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 blessed me on my exit, and um, and so left Anytime Fitness and started doing C six twenty full time in in twenty twelve, mm-hmm. uh, and have been doing contest prep coaching and lifestyle transformation uh, full time ever since. Yeah, uh, and so that's kind of the general backstory of me of uh, you know fell in love with with training, uh, working yeah. offshore because of one person who invested in me, yeah. and so that just goes the power of one, you know. Yeah, uh, he invested in me, and then one other person, Bobby, invested in me, you know. Yeah, and then one person, other person, believed in me, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lane. And uh, here I am today, having coached you know thousands of people all over the world, um, professional athletes. I've had clients at the Olympia, you know, and so it's uh, it's uh, it's been a wild ride. That's incredible. The the, the big thing from that that I just got is uh, is that um, you know as an entrepreneur at least, or somebody that's you know a proprietor themselves, or trying to make it on their own outside of the the natural you know construct of a of a nine to five job, you know that uh, that it really only takes a couple of things happening. You know, you 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 stepped out on faith and started to do those things mm-hmm. mainly because you enjoyed it. You know, but but it's so funny how one thing or one pivotal moment can can really turn things around for people or change the entire Absolutely. change the entire game for people. Absolutely, and uh, and that's good to point out because you know in in the dark stages or if people are are uh are are feeling down or or uh you know hopeless in what they're trying to do it only takes one Mm -hmm. like you said you know um that's very interesting the podcast is really about you know what we're trying to do is uh if is give people practical tools um to deal with the things in their lives and uh overcome them and and live a fulfilled life using the power of their mind you know so is you're probably a very good guest for this because, you know, the, the questions I'm going to ask are really about, you know, how did you deal with things mentally, you know, and when we can go back to your childhood and getting over those things or, or how you're progressing in it mm-hmm. even now, right? Because that stuff doesn't stop, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then how do you deal with what you do now? You know, how do you deal with the day to day? How do you keep growing in your business? And it, and it all starts with your perspective in your mind, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm going to try to do. And the, and the real goal is to get to know your brain and yeah. to get to know what is going on inside of it so that people can hear your story relate it to their life and and hopefully have more tools in the toolbox to to deal with what they're doing and and live that fulfilled life you know so just want to be clear to everybody listening to that that that, that's really what we're trying to get here um so you know let's just start with that you know i guess i guess one of the biggest things you know let's talk a little bit about what you do on a daily basis you know you own two different things that are happening at once mm-hmm. right and there's a there's a there's a balance there some somehow pro- probably doesn't feel like there is a lot of the time sometimes mm-hmm. like right now right to, today yeah. 
uh, is, uh, you know, we had to schedule the podcast later today. And why was that? Yeah. You know? We're, we're, yeah. We're, yeah, absolutely. Um, man, so life uh, running, you know, uh, two different companies. And also I, I just uh, bought into another company. So three companies. Cool. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot, you know. Yeah. But uh, like today, for example, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, up at 2.30 uh, yeah. at Great Harvest for, for 3.30, uh, you know, work 3.30 to 1, uh, went home, grab a quick shower, came here. When I leave here, I'll start on client updates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's a lot, man. Uh, mm-hmm. But how I deal with it is, uh, and I, I was, I'm smiling because it, uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound weird, but it, it just is what it is. So the biggest thing I, I tell myself and what helps me the most is I ask myself, what type of man do you want to be? Yeah. Um, and because there's times I go home, all I want to do is like veg, watch TV. And I'm not saying that rest isn't important. I mean, even biblically sure. rest is important. God, yeah. God even mandates it. You know, he created a Sabbath, which means uh, a day off labor, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so rest is important. And this isn't the, the mindset of outwork, outgrind, all this kind of stuff, because rest is important. But I am in a season of life where um, I'm not married and I don't have kids, so I have the most time that mm-hmm. I'll ever have. And so yeah. I want to use that properly. Yeah. And God's giving me opportunities for things. And so I ask myself a very simple question. It's like, when I don't want to do something, I ask myself, what type of man do I want to be? Yeah. Um, because it really, like, who we become does boil down to individual micro decisions because it's, yeah. you know, decision stacking becomes your habits, your habits become your character, your character becomes your destiny. Yeah. And so it's like wow. something as small as always putting, now don't get me wrong, there are still, er- there's so many areas where I'm still growing, you know, there's sure. things I, I, I put off doing, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm always filing tax extensions, you know, it's like I'm yeah, always yeah. late on that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but like in the day to day, it's like there are decisions we can do where it's like I get home and like I have work to do. It's like, but I just want to sit on the couch and watch TV yeah. and not think about a thing. But it's like, okay, well, what kind of man do I want to be? Do I want to be a man that procrastinates in that? Or do I want to be a man that is faithful with this? Mm-hmm. And so it's just a really simple question I ask myself of like, what kind of man do I want to be? And if you take that thought process and that logic and apply it to different things, like, okay, like what kind of man do I want to be? It makes like little decisions in life so much easier, you know? Mm. Um, and that's one thing that I tell like my lifestyle clients too, is that, um, you know, I was talking to a client last week. She's like, hey, like I keep self-sabotaging, you know, I, I have like, like five good days and then I completely blow it one day and then I blow the next day because I'm mad about the first day. It's like, well, usually, you know, when you get to that point in the day where, you know, you're halt, you know, tired, angry, lonely, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you know, it's like you, you want an emotional, um, you're trying to fill an emotional need by that, that, that binging episode. Yeah. And so just taking a second to remove yourself from the environment of temptation and really being like, okay, well, what kind of man do I want to be? What kind of woman do I want to be? Do I want to be who's someone who always gives into my quick carnal desires? Or do I want to be someone that is faithful? and consistent with setting out to do what I uh, uh, plan to do, you know, my actual goal, what I'm spending my my finances towards doing, you know, um, and really having that paradigm shift of the type of person we become boils down to the micro decisions mm. um, uh, has really helped a, a lot of clients, but it also helps me personally. Yeah. Um, so I try and tra- take the lessons that I learned personally and apply it to, to clients as well. Yeah. Um, and so I just ask myself, what kind of man do I want to be? And then um, I'd say I will do what's required, you yeah, know. And that's you a know, good one. 
That's a good uh, one. You know, and uh, Alex Ramosi says that all the time, yep. and yep. he's great. Yep. Um, but I really just tell myself, like, when I just don't like, I'll be in the middle of something and I don't want to do it, you know, and I'll be yep. like, I will do what's required. Like I will, I will be up at two, you know, I yeah. will, cause that's required for this season. It won't yeah. be required forever, but this season it is required of me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's such a good, uh, such a good way of, uh, basically kind of looking at things in a macro way, you know, mm-hmm. because in that moment you are emotional and, uh, and you're, you're in your feelings about whatever decision mm-hmm. you're trying to make or, or whether you're about to step out and, and, and binge or, or whatever it is in mm-hmm. your life. Right. And it's kind of asking yourself that question is, uh, is taking a 10,000 foot view of your life and reminding you that there's more things going on than just that decision, yep. you know, and there's more things at stake too, yep. you know, that's really good. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that's a great example of, you know, uh, some tools that people can throw in the tool chest, you know. Um, what is your main reason? Like, why would you, why do you need to make all those decisions? Why do you want to be uh, uh, a specific man that you're referring to in that question? You know, you have a specific reason why. Uh, what's your reason and what do you always come back to? as the reason that you're doing what you do on a daily basis. Yeah. Some people have very, very difficult time even finding the reason. And, and that's many people's problem. That that's a really great question. Um, I really like my, my reason is like, we, we are here. Uh, yeah. This life is a vapor, you know, it's like, yeah. dude, it's like, I'm sure we can both like remember back when we were like 10 and it seems like yesterday, you know, it's like, yeah. and the older you get, the faster the years go by, but it's right. like, we have this moment in eternity that we are on this planet. And like, when we leave, people will not remember the money you make or any of this stuff. They'll remember like, what impact did you actually leave? Like, what's the legacy you want to leave behind? And, you know, as someone who is a man of faith and a professing Christian, it's like God's very clear on how to treat the poor, the widows, and the orphans. And I feel like the Lord's put a calling on my life for business, to create finances, to fund those things. And, like, that's my life mission is to is to fund the kingdom and, and not in a small way. And if I want to do that, it's like I still have a long way to go, but it's a building process. And so... Um, the call on my life in terms of, of business is like, I want to fund the things that are on God's heart. And so the projects like, you know, with Great Harvest, we partner with The Hub, which is a homeless outreach. Um, you know, with my supplement company, we partner with A21 Campaign, which is, uh, they, they work on fighting uh, human human trafficking all over the world. Outstanding. Um, uh, that's through Christine Kane. Um, she founded the organization. And so it's like, those are things that are on the Lord's heart. It's like people that have been uh, oppressed and abused, the poor. Um, and so, and then I'm working on starting a nonprofit as well with my best friend. And so it's like taking care of, of, of God's people because, again, it, it takes the one, the seed. And I don't need the fame or notoriety or whatever because all that, like, if you get your applause on this side of heaven, that's all you get, you know. Mm, and yeah. so we try and do a lot of stuff, like, in private behind closed doors just to please the the heart of God and actually take care of people. Because yeah. um, that's the mandate of, of Christians. It's like go into the world and represent Jesus well. And look how Jesus treated people. Look how he treated the poor, the widows, the orphans, the prostitutes. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, and so from the business perspective, like that's the calling on my life is kingdom entrepreneurship to create kingdom wealth to sow back into the kingdom. And yeah. then on a personal note, like what my why for the things I'm doing for personal development is because I want to be the line in the sand uh, in terms of like my my family's generational curses. Like yeah. infidelity runs rampant in my family and like at some point someone has to step up uh and cut it into that stuff so your kids don't have to pay the price for your cowardice you know yeah um and so like uh there's generational things that i want to set forth and i want to end uh starting with me and so but before i get to the point where i have a wife and kids like i have to develop the character first like the the blessing doesn't precede the character like god wants us to develop character in secret so when we are promoted or we are blessed with other things like a wife and family that we don't misrepresent them from a higher level and fall from a higher level and so the things that I'm doing with my personal life that is about character development to draw a clear line in the sand so my children don't have to deal with the same things that I did my children don't have to deal with a father that's unfaithful you know my wife doesn't have to deal with a husband that's unfaithful and promiscuous and so but uh, becoming a man that walks in purity happens long before uh, the marriage actually happens, you know, because um, people think that struggles with lust and pornography will end once you get married and you, quote unquote, have access to, you know, sex because you're living with your wife. But that's not that's not true. That mm -hmm. It's a heart condition that you have to deal with. And so what I'm doing in singleness and what the big focus of like our men's group is about is becoming better men is allowing the Lord to refine our hearts in the secret place as men and bringing our brokenness before him so he can heal it. That way we deal with things in the now and not keep pushing down the line things that were never supposed to be passed down. Yeah. Wow. Were you, when did you start developing this mindset that everything that you just described, you know, it's not necessarily a mindset. It's a, it's a faith. It's a walk. Mm -hmm. It's a walk in your faith, obviously. But, um, you know, I, 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 as an entrepreneur, or, you know, if you want to call me that I, I as a businessman, whatever, um, struggled earlier in my career with folk with focusing on the wrong thing. It got quiet. I think the AC kicked Yeah, off. yeah. Interesting. It got real quiet. Uh, I was focusing on the wrong things. You know, I was focused on money, uh, probably because I didn't have any, you know, to be honest with you. And I got caught in that trap and I was like, I got to do whatever it takes to, to make money for myself, my family, all this kind of stuff. But I always looked at other people and I was like, uh, there was very faithful people that were uh, blessed with wild success, wild success, enormous amounts of money, mm -hmm. you know, and they, uh, and they seemed to be doing the right things and they seemed to be um, uh, uh, living a faithful life, you know, but I kind of got to a point where I was like, you know, I see so many bad people who, who've been blessed with money or they got money or they got resources and these kind of mm -hmm. things. And I kind of looked at that and I was like, how do these guys, you know, uh, achieve a level of success like that, um, and, and kind of reconcile what they're doing with their walk and, and with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was kind of messed up to be honest with you. I was really messed up in that a whole thing. I didn't know where I was. Yeah. I didn't know what to believe. Um, because, you know, I've always been a guy that just, uh, is trying to better myself and, and I failed at so many different things and I just keep going, you know, and I just take it one step at a time, you know, but, uh, 
but that was one one time in my life that I think your perspective on that situation might be kind of unique because you know we're guys that you know you know when you own a business you're you're moving around a lot of money mm-hmm. right like if you own a significant business or you have those kind of resources you move that stuff around and it's kind of unique not a lot of people are, uh, are are privy to that world and uh and I just want you to talk a little bit about that you know uh, about money, what specifically just just money uh, uh, and and how you view this whole business thing as a Christian you know yeah. because at the same level every time your business does well you know uh, you know the money and resources and and whatever it is is coming to uh, your team you mm-hmm. know um, and uh, and what do you do with it and how does that really how do you think about that yeah so to money let's talk about yeah, money yeah. and christianity money's great man yeah and and yeah, yeah i actually love this topic i guess uh and um boil you know, it down you, to that yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you, you touched on something you, that you were struggling with when you were younger that said well not that long how, ago how well how, how are these how are these evil people so full of wealth yes yeah, it's it's, it's and, tough and we have to remember that like um just because someone has money doesn't mean they're they're blessed by god like, yeah. you know, the Bible clearly talks about that, yeah. like, it, it, it rains on the us, the just and the unjust, and yeah. just because people have money doesn't mean it, it was from God or it was God right. from, from godly means, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, It's sure. like, it's like, you know, it's like a look at slavery, you know? It's like, mm. that was money um, uh, begotten by one of the most vile means you can have by abusing mm. another human being, you know? Mm. It's like, and it's like, you know, those plantation owners weren't blessed by God, they were walking <laughs> in wickedness, you know? Yeah, and they yeah. grieved the heart of God, you yeah. know? Um, and a lot of times, you know, uh, and still like, you know, if you're just talking about that time era or in general, like there will be people that, that reference God and allude to the blessing coming from God. Um, but there's a big difference, but like, like we talked about in men's group, it's yeah, like, we did, look, yeah. look at the fruit of their life. You know, it's like, yeah. you can say when things like, you know, how many celebrities get on stage and, you know, uh, Oh, I want to thank God. But then their, their, their life looks completely different. Yeah. And that's not saying that they're not in process. We have to be careful right. about not, not judging people in process that that's are walking important. out of the Lord, yeah. but there Good should point. be fruit to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's like we have to remember that like money is uh, yes it's a spiritual power but just because someone has money doesn't mean they're 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 walking with the Lord you know yeah, yeah. Um, and just because someone doesn't have money doesn't mean they're not walking with the Lord some of the right. most faithful people I know um, uh, aren't aren't financially wealthy you know. And I think money in the church is a topic that a lot, not a lot of people like to talk about, but yeah. I actually do like talking about it, yeah, you know, me too. because some people, um, you know, there's obviously prosperity gospel preachers out there. Um, and then there's people out there that are almost poverty gospel preachers of like, give away everything, own nothing. Um, and neither of them are biblical, you know. Um, if we, if we actually look at scripture, it's like, you know, there are times in the Bible where people's wealth was directly correspondent to their relationship with God, you know, um, but there are times in scriptures as well, where, where people, people were walking extremely faithfully with God, um, and suffered the ultimate consequences. Like look at all the disciples, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know, and, and, and the, and the rest. And it's like, they all followed the gospel and were, uh, crucified, uh, stoned, uh, pulled up, uh, you know, pulled apart by horses, you know, like killed brutally for what they believed in and didn't have, 
uh, a lot of finances, you know. And so it's really important that when we navigate Scripture, we actually navigate it with tension, you know. It's like reading Scripture is kind of like riding a bike. When one pedal's up, the other one's going to be down, you know. And so that there is tension in Scripture. And so we have to look at what the Bible says. And it's like God is certainly not opposed to money um, because he certainly, you know, if, if, you know, a lot of people are like, well, money's evil. And you hear that all the time. It's like yeah. uh, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's a misquote of Scripture. Scripture says the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. Um, because if money's evil, but biblically God is blessing people, then you have a house divided. Yeah. Um, so in Scripture, like in Deuteronomy 8.18, that's like my business verse. It's like I've given you the power to create wealth. You know, um, because money is a spiritual power, but a lot of things, there are precursors to wealth because, again, God wants us to have character first. So, you know, the Bible says, like, he who is faithful with a little can be entrusted with much. And so, again, it goes back to God actually uh, terraforming our hearts to give us character first, and then blessing comes later. Um, But I think um, God certainly wants to, to bless his people. Um, I think there are certainly seasons where God allows us to go through really hard and lean times because we get uh, caught up in our own self-arrogance of, I can do this. Um, And so it's like people think that uh, God will never, um, you know, come to Jesus and life is easy peasy, make money, no problems. But uh, it's no, come to Jesus, and he, he, he crushes all the parts of you that, that don't look like him. But, you know, when you fall in love with Jesus, it's like um, you, you start to actually love the crushing because it, you see the character change. And, yeah. you know, like me, for example, I, I personally went through a crushing season. Not a lot of people know this, you know. It's like, yeah. you know, they look at me now, and, you know, they, they'll see the, the, you know, the, the cool sports car or the Escalade or something and be like, oh, it must be nice, you know. But, dude, they, <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. they don't know – like four years ago, I had to sell my Corvette at the time, you know. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you a little story if you don't mind. Yeah. So That's what we're here um, for. Whenever, whenever I bought Great Harvest and like people were so confused by this and, and you know, in all honesty, I, yeah, was well, I didn't too, even get to that. I'm very curious. Yeah. About so why, you know, why that business? I, I was a very successful contest prep coach, you know, making multiple six figures and, um, and, and one day uh, I was in prayer and like the Lord just broke my heart that there were people in my city that were sleeping under bridges that didn't have food. And I felt the call to go into food service so I could feed the less fortunate. Um, and at the time, one of my best friends, Ethan, his wife used to work at Great Harvest. And she was like, hey, you should look into uh, Great Harvest because uh, the, the current the owners are like, really, uh, uh, really generous and do a lot of philanthropy work. And so... You know, I'm one. I'm I'm the type of dude where like, it's like if I hear an idea like that, like I'm like, oh, let me try it out, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went on like the Great Harvest corporate website and like applied to uh, you know buy a Great Harvest, and I was gonna put it in in town uh, right by my house, you mm-hmm. know, by the Youngsville Circle. Yeah. Um, and corporate was like uh, they accepted my application and uh, they were like, well, before you um can get this location it is technically in the the Region. the non-compete of the one in Lafayette yeah. so you need to meet with the current owners to see if you can buy part of their territory rights and so I met with JP and Michelle took them out to dinner and I was like listen I don't know anything about food service um uh but I feel like this is what the Lord's telling me to do uh you know long story short would you let me like buy into your territory 
And they were like, well, it's really funny that you're coming to us because we've been looking to sell and we didn't know how to go about it. And so I got to buy into a pre-existing business that, mm-hmm. you know, had been operating for 12 years and had a really great local reputation. Um, and so uh, bought into that. And, you know, at the time, uh, you know, to make it full circle of what I was saying about, about finances, like... I thought because God told me to do it, it was going to be easy. It was going to be a passive check. I could do my philanthropy stuff, coach full time. Right. And, um, bro, it was the hardest four years of my life. You know, I went from, uh, you know, make a ton of money with coaching to having to self fund Great Harvest to keep it open for a few years. Um, you know, spent like 300000 of my own money just to keep it open, went through COVID. Um, also just like emotionally, like, uh, went, like the second year owning it, I went through like a, a, a really bad breakup that like wrecked me for like a, like a year, you know, yeah. like one of those breakups where like you think about it every day. Yeah. Um, and so it was emotionally hard. It was spiritually hard. It was financially hard. And I got to a point where I had spent all my, all my, uh, extra money from coaching just to keep this place open to make payroll. Um, that's like, I, I had to borrow money from my mom, you know, yeah. and this is, this is something like I've, I've told like a couple people Wow. and I remember she was at my house and, uh, like, I don't know, had like, it, you, you know how it is when you have payroll. It's like, you know, owning a business, people think you just have all this money all the time, you know, so your bank account can have 40 grand in it one day. Then your, your lease yeah. hits, your, your SBA hits, your payroll hits, your, your vendors hit. Yeah. So you go from 40 grand to $3 no grand. overnight, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember it's like, I was sitting in my chair and, uh, and, uh, and I don't, I don't normally, I don't normally curse, you know, I really try and watch, watch my language, but my mom was, my mom was there and I was sitting in my chair and she came sit on the arm and she, she put her, her hand on my back and dude, I just started crying and I was like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. You know, and those were my exact words, you know, and like, um, because I thought that like, because God told me to do it, it was going to be so easy. Um, but the Lord had to take take me from this place of like arrogance that I didn't even know I was at because whenever I did my initial interview for the uh, uh, for the franchise, uh, they're like, "Well, how do you plan on growing?" And I was like, "Oh, it'd be easy. I'm like gonna post on social media and like the team's gonna run and it. it'll be great." And like, we're, I'm like, "We're gonna hit company records year one. You know, we're gonna be in mm-hmm. seven figures in in one year." And uh, and it was the exact opposite experience, but like the Lord used the hardships of those first, those first four years in business to like mold a man. Yeah. And I would not be the man I am today. I wouldn't have the faith I have today if I hadn't gone through that. So in hindsight, I wouldn't take it back at all. But in, uh, but in the moment, all I wanted was out, you know? And so like, so back to, you know, God and money, it's like, I thought because God told me to buy this business that it was just going to be successful because I was going to do like more philanthropy work and, and give away bread and, and, you know, and feed the homeless and stuff. Mm. But it's like the Lord, the Lord like absolutely crushed me, Mm. but it was to get all the me out, you know? Um, and now I'm at a place where, you know, it's like, it's like people like, you know, doing really well and people are like, um, you know, oh, you're doing so well. And I can honestly be like, it is, it's, it's God. Like, and that's what I want for my life to people to look at and be like, I know Brian and I know he couldn't do that. So there's something to this God thing that he's talking about. Hmm. Maybe I'll give him, I'll give him an ear to actually listen, yeah, yeah. you know, so God will 100% strip you of all your finances to, to yeah. change your character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just on a business perspective, it's good to look at that too, for anybody who's like, you know, desire or or feels called to start their own business mm-hmm. uh, because everybody 
wants to believe that everybody else um, is just swimming in success. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm guilty of it all the time. You can ask my wife, man. Like, I, I my biggest problem mindset wise is comparing my worst to mm-hmm. everybody else's best or their, their highlight, their reveals. perspective. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe it's social media, maybe it's this, it's me. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's just something I've had to get over over time. And I'm still, uh, I still get caught in it, you know, but everybody who you're thinking is swimming in it, number one, they maybe, maybe they are not, you know, first Mm -hmm. off, but, uh, second off, if they are, uh, they most likely have a story much like Mm -hmm. what you just described, um, uh, happened to them or, or, uh, that they've been through, you know, this stuff doesn't, you know, entrepreneurship or owning businesses, this is, it's very complicated. It's hard. Um, it's a lot of work and, uh. It'll and cost you. It, yeah, it'll it it always does, you know. I've I've certainly experienced that. But um but that's just a good point to make, mm-hmm. you know, uh for everybody yeah. because that's something that I'm I've been guilty of. You know, and, and I didn't uh, and I wouldn't I didn't know that story about you. Yeah, you know, maybe I maybe I thought, you know, look, he's a good business he's he's really doing what he needs to do, he's successful, you know. And yeah. you don't hear you don't hear that stuff. Yeah, you know, people don't hear about you know you borrowing money from your mom. Yeah, you, yeah. you selling your car. Yeah, sold all my guns. It's tough. Like, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, bro. I, I was selling wow, like man. personal possessions yeah, to make payroll yeah. at one point. You know, yeah, wow. That's calling, what up, it, calling that's... up people that owed me money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's time. It's time to pay back. You know. So what was man? That's that's such a tough thing. You yeah. Know? Uh, what. Man, what was that like? I mean, I know it was hard, obviously, but when you were looking at the next six months after that moment, uh, what you know, what was pulling you through that, and what did you expect? Okay, so maybe let's let's say that's the hardest part of your business journey, mm-hmm. right? Um, what do you think got you through that? If you know what what mindset, you know, obviously your faith was pulling you. Mm-hmm. You 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 somehow. Uh, uh, we're feeling that. Um, but tell us what that was like when you were in that time, when you were talking to your mother, um, what was the expectations for the next six months? Or did you, could you even see that far ahead? Man, you know? in, in that moment, cause that's uh, the stuff that's, I, I, that's I what would, everybody's I was, dealing with. I was straight in survival mode, right? Um, straight in survival mode. And the hardest thing to do when you're in survival mode, especially if you're coming from a place where you were at a high level yeah. is to ask for help. Mm. And, uh, I'm really fortunate. Um, one of, uh, one of my really good friends, uh, Tyler Rocca, um, he has a, business consulting company um he uh was like did some uh just to help me out like uh help me out with some business consulting for free um and then uh, i ended up hiring him uh this past year for 2023 um and we had a 20 percent growth rate and uh hit our, hit our highest rate and then uh you know now we're projected to um, you know, probably grow another six to ten percent this year. Yeah. Um, and hit the goals that I set out for seven years ago. You know, <laughs> what I was expecting year one has taken me seven years to build. Oh um, man. But honestly, it's like it's like reaching out for help, and then also too, it's like valuing that help enough to actually pay for it. So, yeah. uh, you know, even though he's you know he's an uh, an expensive consultant, it's like it's like I had to humble myself enough to know like okay there's something about this business that I'm not getting mm. and I need help, you yeah, know? Yeah. 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 Uh, but in the moment of like, uh, you know, having to borrow money, it's like, I would, dude, I was so in the woods that I, I, I was just 
going the next day. Yeah. And what I ended up doing was, um, I had felt like my, my focus was divided. And, um, so what I did was actually retired from coaching and I thought I was permanently retiring from coaching. So I mistook a temporary season for a permanent one. Uh, but announced I was retiring from coaching, let all my clients know, uh, gave them time to find new coaches. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to work in Great Harvest and learn every shift. That way I can figure out what's going on. Because at the time, you know, I was like, I was still coaching full time, popping in and out um, and thinking that that was an appropriate, you know, management style without having set standards. Because one thing I really struggled with a lot in business, too was uh, not holding standards, you know, uh, there's this fear of like, okay, if I hold standards and correct people, you know, they'll be like, Oh, I thought you were a Christian, you know. Um, but it's like, it's like, bro, in, in business, like if you don't have standards and operating procedures, you're going to get walked all over, you know, mm-hmm. um, because most people who come into your business, it's just seasonal, they're passing through, you have some people that'll be with you forever, and who really get the standards, like we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, with my manager, Brandy, she's amazing, and she gets it. Um, but a lot of people, you're just a way station. They're they're passing through, and so if you don't have absolute standards and you just try and like be everyone's uh, best friends, but don't actually be the boss and have a, hey, this is how we do things, and mm-hmm. this for a reason. Um, it's like you're gonna get your lunch ate, and for a long time, I was just. Uh, uh, you know, so concerned with being people's friends and like trying not to misrepresent represent the Lord with like uh with like you know standards. Um, and I didn't get that that was just a part of business. You know, um, yeah. you know, I was like, you know, people late 50 60 times a year i'm like try better tomorrow you know yeah, yeah. I, I was that guy you know yeah for sure thinking that 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 kindness would would you know or that that extent of kindness uh would be what uh drew them in yeah but when in all honesty it, it's standards reveal if they're in or out and standards will either call them up to who they can be or they'll reveal that hey they're just not the right fit yeah and i i for for That's years, awesome. I didn't understand that it's okay if everyone's not a right fit for yeah. for your company, yeah. and that's okay. And so I have a saying that I tell people, and I talk about at team meetings. It's like, hey, we bless you as you come, we bless you as you go. And so like, it's not this thing like if I have to let someone go or if someone quits, it's not this animosity. It's like, it's like, hey, I'm blessed that you were under my umbrella for a season. Um, but if if our, if our core values just aren't aligning. Um, and you're not a good fit because everyone thinks that they're they're this master hire, you know. Yeah. That you know, but it's like, bro, I don't even look at applications like the the references anymore because it's like you know you can put your best friend on there, you know. Yeah. Um, you you'll learn what you need to about the employee when you hire them. It's like the paperwork won't tell you much, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there there was a big learning curve there too, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's a really good good information. I haven't thought about. I mean, I haven't managed as many people as you, but that's that's very good information for for me for sure. Uh, because I have that tendency too. I, I have the tendency to um, want to build social credit with my uh, employer mm-hmm. people that I'm working with. You know, so if they see my kindness, you know, you know that will rub off on them. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, you know, yeah, everything and, will be, get yeah. better or something like and, that. And there is a way to build social credit, but not at the expense of your company. Because yeah. if you if you if you uh, mold 
your yeah. standards for one individual, you yeah. don't even realize it, but you're actually affecting the whole team, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, but that, that's one of the biggest lessons. But that was a really, really big learning curve for me. And in all honesty, six years in, I'm just getting over that, you know, um, mm. to where I'm like, wow. And that's after a year, a full year of, of coaching, you know, yeah. from, from, wow. from paying a consultant and a coach, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just getting over that where I'm just like very confident in who I am. I'm very okay with hard talks. I'm very okay with my standards. If you you don't like my standards it's okay but you just can't work here you know yeah yeah that's outstanding so you said uh basically um uh, great harvest at least it's taken you seven years to do what you thought you'd come out of the gates swinging and yeah do. well i mean i mean i hit my i hit year six january 10th okay uh, my seventh year will be january 10th 2025 okay okay yep so yeah uh uh would you have it any other way there are definitely lessons I wish I would have learned quicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, or maybe you, times that you, yeah, you, you know. it didn't really benefit you that much, yeah. that, that pain, you know? But it's like we learn how we learned, you know? That's right. And so I, I try and have some, you know, a modicum of grace for that. But, uh, uh, in, you know, people always say, like, oh, no regrets. I'm like, bro, that is foolish. There are so many things in life I regret, mm, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just ridiculous to say no regrets, you know, because it's like we, we, we do things a certain way and we see the hardship that it caused and we see the people we, we wound, you know, and it's like, oh, bro, I would change that in a heartbeat, you know? Mm. Yeah, so I, I, w- I would say, uh, would you say that it's more appropriate rather than saying no regrets to, to say, yes, I regret some things that mm-hmm. happened or that I was responsible for, but I'm not going to dwell on them and crush myself daily. Absolutely. Um, so as uh, to uh, remind myself of all those things on yeah. a daily basis. So, so yeah, we, we all have those those micro regrets. Even those people shouting, I don't have regrets. They yeah. have regrets too. Absolutely. We're all human beings. So, you know, you would agree with that. You know, maybe it's uh, the, 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 the true lesson there is just to not allow those regrets to crush you going forward. And to not let them define you, you know, because... Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, that's the nature of forgiveness, you know, uh, where you where you don't hold offense, and um, people don't re- don't really realize. But like, man, you have to forgive yourself of some things too, mm, you know. Yeah. And part of forgiving yourself of past mistakes means you don't hold it over yourself and lord it over yourself. Because if you do, it wasn't true forgiveness. Just like in an argument with someone, if you're constantly bringing up the wrong they did, yeah. you, you actually haven't forgiven them. You may have said it with your mouth, but yeah. you haven't in your heart, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, there is a big nature to this, that an aspect of this where it's like the nature of forgiveness you have to apply to yourself as well. Yeah. So there are tons of regrets I have, but I've forgiven myself of them and I've been forgiven of them. And the hope is that I learned my lesson and don't have to retake the test. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. I don't think on all the podcasts we've done, we've ever really talked about regret like that. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing, you know, like um, regret can uh, paralyze you for sure, you know, depending on what it is and, and, and what you're doing. And it can stifle your growth for potentially years. Because remember, the same thing that you said earlier, you know, we kind of are a composition of our micro movements and our small decisions that we're making, con- you know, in a consequential order over time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you're living in that regret, they affect all those small de- decisions that, that in turn affect yeah. You know, your entire landscape and uh, and where you're going. 
So this is a really good topic because uh, we haven't talked about it. Let's talk about forgiving yourself, you know, in the concept of like trying to uh, uh, pursue business, pursue betterment of yourself. Mm -hmm. How important do you think that is, you know, and have you went through times in your life where you have lived in that regret and it's held you back? Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened to you, the, man? The more I thought about it, the more memories just flooded to yeah. mind of, of all. I my reminded regrets. you of your um, dude. I can Whoops. tell you personal regrets. I can tell you business regrets. Like uh-huh. you just throw a dart at the dartboard, yeah. and I've got it. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. It's a it's a big deal. I I do too. I uh, I look at things like um, I. Sometimes I wish they wouldn't have happened, you know, or maybe I would have seen things before. You yeah, know? man, what did this guy say about hindsight the other day? Uh, it was it was something like the uh, the burden of hindsight is that um, you know it reveals itself later when it's you know it's too late, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. You know? and uh, and I try to take the approach of you know just moving on as yeah. quickly as I can. Yeah, you know, uh, is that how you do it? You know, essentially. I, I try and learn as fast as Do you as digest I can. it? Do you sit in it? Do you really think about it? You know, what's your process Absolutely. like in that? So in that, uh, my process is I, I do sit in it and I try and okay. find the heart condition behind it. Okay. Because like our, our actions aren't just involuntary. Like there are reasons why we do things, you yeah. know, um, just like earlier we talked about, you know, halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, it's yeah. like we often do things to soothe a temporary discomfort, you know. And that mm-hmm. that's the same thing with money, same thing with business, same things with relationships, you know. And, you know, it's, um, it's you know, you earlier talked about like unfaithfulness runs in my family. It's like, it's like the infidelity in, in my family. It's like that was a, a, a Band-Aid to suit a, a heart problem, you know, mm-hmm. and the heart problem wasn't like my, you know, my mom wasn't doing this for my dad or yet whatever, whatever the, the excuse may be that, that he said at the time, but that there was a condition of the heart that needed to be changed. And so whenever I go through seasons of, or, or really difficult things, it's like, I'm trying to assess my heart posture in the moments like, okay, what was going on in my internal world that caused me to do this, you know? Yeah. Um, and like a great example of that is like, you know, when, and, and in hindsight, we can laugh, but in the moment, it felt like the only logical solution. Yeah. Whenever I was in that season of, um, I mean, everything was just crumbling, you know, with, with yeah. Great Harvest, it's, uh, you know, I would, I was, you know, so sold my car and like, I, you know, any like spare money I had after I made payroll, Dude, like I, I was putting in the stock market and doing like short expiration calls to try and like m- just make money fast. So I, you know, cause I wasn't yeah. used to not having money right? and then I'd lose it all. And so it's like, and I, and like I did that like cyclically a couple of times and ended mm-hmm. up like losing any extra money I had over this season, Yeah, you know? And like, when I look at my heart posture of this is like, I didn't think it would ever get any better outside of these extreme measures. Yeah. Um, and so in, in like, okay, like the issue wasn't that I tried to do this crazy stuff in, in trading that was extremely risky and gambling. You know, I do believe in trading and investing. Sure. Um, but at the time I, w- I was gambling, you know, to try and get out of this very uncomfortable season. Yeah. Um, cause again, I came from this place of making good money and always having more than enough, uh, to a place of not having any, I was just like, man, I just have to get like a hundred grand back in my bank account as soon as possible, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and end up doing this crazy stuff, but it, it was it was a it was a heart posture, you know. It wasn't even you know circumstances circumstances reveal things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's just like uh, you know it's like you know when you have an, an orange and you squeeze it, 
what's supposed to come out orange juice you know it's like mm-hmm. so what's inside always comes out under pressure you know yeah and does the right thing come out when you're squeezed you know when you're squeezed yeah. does, does, does god come out you know yeah. and in that season it, it was anything but like i was in such a bad place that even as a christian it's like i wasn't even like pursuing god for the answers i was just like because i was like man i'm a failure i screwed this up i have to get myself out of this and so like i wasn't even like praying for heaven's solution on this i was like throwing up hell mary's like god help but let me go do some yeah. short expiration calls on Halliburton, you know <laughs> you know it's like you know, it's I, like, know I know let me take out a personal loan to, to to short the market and the market rockets up you know and you know now i'm 20 more grand in debt you know yeah yeah um, that's that's so funny that's a real story by the way yeah that's hilarious i've, I've lost just I've grabbing lost, whatever I've, I've lost so much money in the stock market from, <laughs> from, from trying to get out of a bad place and the ironic thing was all the money i lost if i just would have saved it yeah i would have been fine you know? yeah <laughs> that's a good learning lesson you know oh, yeah, uh, you're gonna carry so that I, one forever I, I invest very differently now. Yeah. I invest yeah. now. I don't, I don't long term. I don't day maybe. trade anymore. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, day trading is for, for people with way more time on and their hands than me. Guys in New York City. Yeah. That's who that's, who yeah. that's for. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's so funny. Um, uh, what you said, like, you know, I've been in those moments too where it's like, uh, it's super chaotic and it's, uh, it's crisis mode, you yeah. know, <laughs> and you're just grabbing whatever you can to kind of put things together. And it's so funny because that's the time period where you need to be very centered and really like focus on what's going on and take a, take that step back, raise your hand for help. All of those good things that, that we know, you know, um, uh, uh, how to do in ordinary times, yeah. you know, um, but you, it's, it's as if you don't have time for that, right? Like it, that, that yep. that's how I look at it. 100%. I'm like, uh, I don't have time to meditate yeah. right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I don't have time to pray right now. I don't have time to read my Bible right now. You right. Know? Right. Right. And it it it's amazing, you know. Um, you know, circumstances don't change you; they reveal you. You know, mm. and it's amazing what pressure and hard circumstances will show you about yourself. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And in that season of life, the the pressure showed me uh, junk. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know, thankfully I'm in a much different season now, not even financially, but like a heart posture wise, right, it's, right, like, right. it's like having that I've been through if I had to go, if I ever go through it again, it's like, okay, I'm approaching it a hundred percent different and I have so much peace now. And, you know, you talked about, you know, if I would change anything, I really, um, wouldn't now, obviously I regret the crazy stuff I did in the stock market, sure. but like the circumstances of the first really hard four years of great harvest, I wouldn't change because, like I said, it, it's molded me into who I am now. And also, God, I never miss payroll. God carried us through that time. And now I just have such faith that I'm like, okay, like, like God really, like, you know, I know this was from God. And, like, even in the moment, I didn't feel like it was from God because it looked so bad financially. But, like, looking back, I'm like, I never miss payroll. Like, I never had to, you know, I never, I was never even late on payroll. Um, and so it's like, God carried us through that, through, you know, the the extremely hard first two years. And then uh, COVID hit year three with 2020, yeah. you know, uh, you know, sales cut in half, you know, and had closures and all kinds of stuff. It's like, uh, 
and then had to rebuild post COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, dude, God carried us through that. So now I have such a strong foundation of like, if God told me to do it and I really know he told me to do it, no matter what hardship comes, I'm actually going to be okay. It may not look like I want it to look in the moment, but I am going to be okay. Yeah. Um, because he, if he started it, he'll sustain it. And that's a dangerous part, you know, especially if you're a person of faith, like in business, um, there's always so many opportunities and like, I like shiny things, you know, and, uh, meaning like, Oh, look at this idea. Look at this idea. Yeah. Um, but dude, it's like, just because there's an open door doesn't mean it's from God. And that's a misconception that a lot of people in faith, uh, in business do that. Like, Oh, there's an opportunity to make money. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Sometimes the Lord allows opportunities to come just to see if you will actually approach him to see like, okay, Lord, is this from you? And is this a yes or a no? Mm. Cause there are all kinds of things that, that pop up that 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 aren't aren't from God. They're just opportunities because, you know, God set in motion free will. So like people have the opportunity to come offer you businesses. And it's like, you know, God's not not manipulating people to do all this stuff to to test you. It's just we have free will and things happen and people think they can make money with you. So they approach you for things. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the Lord sits outside of time. And so he knows the whole scope of your life. And so he can actually look at the circumstance and be like, oh, no, that's not actually for you, son, you know? And if we don't actually go to him, it's like, they're like, oh yeah, an opportunity to make money. I'll do it. And then we pursue this rabbit down a hole and end up breaking even if we're lucky, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's really, if it's from God, he'll sustain it. But if it's not from God, whatever you start on your own, you're responsible to sustain, you know? And that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. And so that's why it's like for business stuff, I'm like, I'm like, if it's just me trying to do it because I want to do it, it's not going to work. You know, and the Bible says it's like the blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow. That doesn't mean there won't be hardship. There's a difference between hardship and sorrow. Um, but oftentimes, I'm sure you can attest to this, it's like things that we pursue on our own, looking back, that we didn't actually get God's yes on, Ooh. they were sorrowful, you know? Oh, man. I can attest to yeah. that 100%, man. I've I've gone down, like I said, like when I was going through that time, you know, when I was... uh. Uh, trying to figure out, you know, what the target was, yeah, you know, what I was doing, you know, and, and, and the world wants to give you the targets, you mm-hmm. know, they, they say the target is money. Yep. You know, the target is, you know, uh, luxury. Yep. Um, the target is, um, you know, uh, s- selfishness yeah. essentially. And, uh, and, um, I was off on my targets to be honest with you. It was, it was uh, you know, uh, even in recent memory, you know, like, uh, and I did make those decisions. I did get into business relationships, start businesses that um, were not blessed by God, yeah. which I thought that I could control and that I had a lot of opportunity to you know, glorify myself through. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were sorrowful. They still are. Yeah. You know, I'm still still dealing yeah. with them, you know, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, but it, uh, you know. It led me where I am today. And yeah. like I said before, you know, I may regret some some certain things in my life, but uh I'm uh, going to do everything that I can to not let those crush me yeah. or make me feel less than. Certainly, that's yeah. not what that's not what God wants. I had never had an office of my own uh, before I got this one, so I did all of this stuff remotely. Yeah, everything that I did, all all these businesses, I started a a business that did construction projects in you know in Texas, Ohio, and Florida before. Um, and I didn't even have. I just worked out of my house. Yeah, I had a home office in there. Yeah, and I'd I'd fly around. I'd go meet people and uh, go to uh, uh, 
trainings and stuff. We would put on trainings, all this kind of stuff, and I just worked at my house. And do you, do you find you more productive now to have a separate environment to work? I would say yes, because this dedicated space puts me in a different frame of mind. I've yeah. definitely, and I knew that getting an office of my own anyway was the next step of my journey. I had to have a place because I can't build a team from my house. Yeah. It's different. You know, it's, I'm not just a freelancer. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to build teams and build, build people around me. So I knew that if I was going to do something on my own or regardless, even if I, you know, kept consulting with other construction companies, things like that, I, I was going to need another space. But, uh, but it's definitely, it's definitely different having the separation because I don't even have the home office anymore, which is good, Yeah, you know, cause it really does create the separation. Um, but at the same time, when I was working at home, I would just wake up and boom, I'm starting to work, you know, grab a cup of coffee. I could do stuff like that, too, which, you know, I can still do that. And I have my laptop. I can whip it out and, and still do that stuff. But uh, I'm definitely more productive and more uh, effective yeah. having this space. Yeah. Um, and I'm not over here like watching netflix yeah even though there's a tv that never gets turned on yeah oh yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> i even noticed it yeah yeah it's mixing in in the background but uh but yeah so i, d- I definitely feel more productive i'm definitely in a completely different business space having yeah. a space you know what i mean and th- the biggest thing was having meetings with people yep you know like i used to meet people i i don't really care i'm not a big big ego with that guy guy with that kind of stuff i would just meet people at coffee shops mm-hmm. i'd meet them at their office i'm i'm always moving around you know but having a dedicated space like that conference room like things like that definitely yeah helps a lot yeah it helps give me credibility it helps in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you know but uh but it's definitely different having a home office though is cool but it is a double-edged sword isn't it it is yeah what do you, do you would you say that's where do you have an office at great mm-hmm. great harvest uh, so like we, back we, there, we have an office in there. Um, it's like a broom closet office, right? Uh, right. And then have a, a, a home office built out, and then a a, a separate room that is a, like my new office. So yeah, uh, what do you have in there? So like a the, desk. I yeah. think I saw I, I saw a kind of recent uh, podcast you did with some people, some uh, maybe some women out mm-hmm. in California or something. Mm-hmm. Is that your office? Is that the yeah. one? Yeah. So that's actually, that's actually the, the room I built out to be my podcast room. I think you had, yeah, you had a but, mic. Yeah. But I mounted, uh, uh, a TV in there and, um, to run my computer to. Uh-huh. And, um, I like the big screen so much more than my actual office, which is an iMac, even though it's a big screen, it's like a 27 inch, but like having like a, having like a 40 inch computer screen, I just work better. Yeah. And so dude, I haven't even been in my actual, actual office in like months, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I've been using uh, the podcast studio as my office. So that's mm-hmm. what I was saying. Like Loom and WhatsApp have revolutionized my time management with coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, because I used to do everything through email. Um, and like you used to do everything through Word documents and email the Word documents. Now every client has a Google Drive folder, all their trainings there, and their, yeah, their nutrition yeah. there, their update spreadsheets there. And so I open their update spreadsheet, their pictures, do everything I need to do, record a loom, and then just put the link right in WhatsApp, and then they get a video reply from me, um, as opposed to uh, like me sending them a, a written out email. Right. Um, and so, dude, it keeps everything just in a tight little space, and I only use WhatsApp for clients. And so it's like it is. It just I know like work is here. Yeah. And I don't have to be checking uh, email all day long. You know. So it's more just to separate a- it efficiency. out. Efficiency for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there guys in the industry? that there's guys like coaches that coach the coaches on all these processes like 
For sure there is, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like the um, organizational, like this is how you do online coaching? Yeah, so um, uh, Jason's part of this this group called TRM, Trainer yeah. Revenue Multiplier. And it's not a it's not a business um, that teaches you how to how to be a coach. Um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a business group for coaches. And that was like the biggest benefit I got out of it was like uh, the organizational and efficiency of, of doing this. Because prior to TRM, I, I, wasn't, I didn't have Google Drive. Um, I wasn't doing Loom. I wasn't doing WhatsApp. And so um, yeah, they coach you on other things too. But for, for me, just that organizational cleanup uh, revolutionized my business. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that, like TRM, it's like a, a, it's a, a coaching group for coaches, but it's not like how to be a trainer. You know, right. it's not like that. It's, it's how like, to operate it's, the business of being a yeah, trainer. Yeah, and then they do like, you know, they, they do all kind of other stuff in, in their program. But for me, that was the for sure the, the, the gold and well worth the money. Wow, cool. Interesting. I figured there are, you know, these businesses are getting built out mm-hmm. and, you know, coaching is becoming a big business. There, there's always, there's always someone that's where, you, who is where you want to be and yeah. that's who you want to learn from, you know? Yeah. 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 Interesting. It's, there's a lot of flack on social media for, uh, well, people selling courses. Have mm-hmm. you felt that? You've um, seen that? In the construction there is, there's some big time, like, Ooh, gurus out here, you know, trying to like guru shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard that um, in I've, your I've, business? I've, I've I've heard the term, um, but man, I'm I'm so disconnected from all right. that kind of stuff, dude. I'm right. I'm just in my lane. Yeah, that's better places. I just see it because I'm I'm doing all the social mm-hmm. media stuff. That's one one of the thing that, man, it's kind of hurting me a little bit because I'm so I'm I'm trying to make sure that all of these clips, all this all this media is getting out. So it gravitate. It always pulls me back into the applications, you know. Yeah. And I end up getting in it, you know, more than I would otherwise. Because before I started doing this, or before I started doing content in general, like I wasn't that big on social media. I would prefer, like, I don't like to share mm-hmm. everything of my life. I don't want to do that. I, I envision like, uh, I want to keep things private. Yeah. You know, I've kind of grown through that uh, to a certain extent, but. Uh, but it's definitely these these apps pull me in, and I find myself scrolling, and I'm like, oh my gosh! And there's so much unhealthy stuff. It's you know? tough, man. It, social it really is. social media is very tough. Yeah, we uh, end up talking about it on every episode. Yeah, I mean, it's tough emotionally. It's tough psychologically. It can become consuming. It leads to comparison. There's also yes. a, a, a lot of de- net positives, but like, for sure, there's a lot of dangers in it too. You know, oh, it's yeah. like it can eat up your time. You know, and, uh, you know, for, for, you know, me and my friend Brent, uh, you met him this past week, we were talking the other yeah. day. It's just like, it's like, it doesn't matter, um, how much he like, uh, blocks pages or I don't want to see content like this. Dude. It's like, there's always some chick in a bikini on his page, you know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, I mean, social media has become this place that where it's, uh, you know, it's like people post content that get engagement and, you know, with content that gets engagement for women is provocative. And so, you know, they keep posting it and that feels, you know, part of, part of the void in their heart, you know, and at least in this cyclical cycle where it's like women are, you know, devaluing themselves for likes and, you know, um, and, you know, men aren't being good men of character by, you know, subscribing to it, you know, and people can be like, Oh, you're, you know, only fan shaming or whatever. I, I just think that, um, women are way more valuable than that. You know, dude, I've said it, uh, very openly about, um, that uh i feel the same way and i'm like uh i just don't know i i just don't it does just doesn't feel good it's one of those just 
other consequences to, you know, kind of an ungodly or, or separating, mm-hmm. you know, break, breaking up of those, those values that, that are instilled in us as Christians. It's just a, another consequence of that, like the, the rampant, uh, you know, provocation like mm-hmm. that. And, and, and it's just also not, I just don't like to see when people, um, who work very hard, you know, and have hard lives and, and work hard labor, um, are not rewarded in that way. And then, you know, society rewards that kind of behavior, uh, financially, business resources, things like that. It's just, it's hard to, it's hard to swallow. Yeah. Is there any other topic you think that would be uh, applicable to somebody who um, is trying to get into business? You know, what are, what are some of the uh, what are some of the easy mistakes that you see people have as far as mindset of getting into a business? You know, separate than uh, uh, you know, just being grounded in our faith, which is important, mm-hmm. obviously, and it's very important to you. It's important to me as well. Um, uh, just the, 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 uh, false mindset that people come into business with. Um, I think a lot of people come into business, uh, with a expect uh, a false expectation of what's required. Um, you know, people look at the life of entrepreneurship and they think it's just like, oh, you get to make your own schedule. Like you can work whenever you want. And then also social media portrays that, you know, Um, and it's just, it's just, it's just not the case, man. It's like, if you're trying to start a business and especially one that's, uh, of value, dude, anything worth value is going to cost you, you know, um, um, business is really hard. And I think one of the, the dangers of social media, kind of what we've talked about, is like, people don't talk about the hardship of business. Like, you know, you're in business. So I mean, you can get together and be like, man, no one talks about about the the crap bro like mm-hmm. like dude there's just some months where it it is hard it is hard managing people um it is hard managing uh cash flow and you know and and also it's like such such a big thing too is people like oh like your business grossed this much amount of money like bro how much your business grows make make your gross profit like <laughs> that means nothing yeah, bro that that stuff only matters in palo alto california yeah you know? dude, maybe like, you know, you know uh, like for a regular business uh, no. yeah dude and it's like uh people don't realize the the expenses that go into it and it's like you know yeah. it's like i've you know i've i you know in one of my businesses it's like you know we you know we grossed over you know over a million and I'm like, bro, I paid myself fifty grand that year, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that was probably like, thank <laughs> yeah, goodness. Yeah, yeah. And at, and at the end of the year, like, we started the year with like eight grand in the bank, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it would look great on Instagram. It's like, follow me for business advice. <laughs> yeah, Do you want to yeah. turn your business into a seven figure business? You yeah, know, <laughs> that's that's so hilarious. I, I've had a business do. Uh, over two million yeah. in the first uh, twelve months, yeah. and I got zero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so people, straight up, people don't like talking about the the, the a hole of every business, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And every business has one, uh, and it stinks and it's ugly, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. So I guess just understanding that, you know, that's it's just going to be hard. And if you're not a person that is ready to grow, yeah, uh, you're going you're going to it's going to be the worst time of your life, probably. And you know, for for mindset, man, it's like you you have to come to an understanding that's like you are going to be wrong mm, 
Mm-hmm. And it's okay, and but you, you have to have the humility to be like, I was wrong about this. Yeah. Because you don't know what you don't know. And when you're pursuing a new endeavor, you can learn from all these different types of people, but you still have to, you know, knowledge is great, but knowledge without applying it is useless. So you're going to learn things, you're going to apply it, and it may or may not work. And dude, it's okay to be wrong, but you have to, like mentally, you have to be okay with getting it wrong over and over and over again, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you, yeah. Yeah, and you got it, one of the biggest things uh, I've learned is that uh, is that you have to be willing to look like a fool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to get over that because I didn't at some points. Yeah. You know, because uh, uh, I when I farted, when I uh, started my first uh, construction business, I wasn't willing to look like a fool, mm-hmm. and I did terribly. Yeah. You know? Because I I hid away from all of those things. Even asking for help uh, would would have offended my. Uh, inside, mm-hmm. you know, would 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 have offended the insecure part of me, yes. and that held me back. That's just one thing of of hundreds of thousands of different stimuli and synapses going on in my brain when I was going through that. It's uh, that's that's one thing, and I I I do that every day. You know, you you have to keep raising that bar, that foolish bar. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. it doesn't stop by just uh, oh, like uh, I'm not gonna uh, worry about that anymore. Yeah, it's not that simple. Yeah, you know. But my, mindset's everything, man. And um, another thing, too, I would just say for people trying to get into business with mindset is um, gratitude changes so much, man. Mm, yeah. You know, we were kind of talking earlier, um, you know, about how your office is bigger than some people's houses, you know. And it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, but when you're, when, you're, when you're in it every day and even in the grind of, you know, having seven-figure businesses like uh, – but, you know, behind closed doors, like you're only paying yourself this much, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, but man, even just having a heart posture graduate, I'm like, man, I got to pay myself like 50 grand this year. It's like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Like yeah. that is more than the median household income, you know? Yeah. Um, and then of course, if you have multiple businesses like, like, like you and me, you know, and it's like, then you can start stacking. It's like, it's like sometimes people get so comfortable with their level of living that they forget where they started. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it's like gratitude changes everything. So even in like, if you're starting a business, even in the hardest parts of it, even when you don't have two pennies rubbed together, if you can shift your perspective to one of gratitude and extreme thankfulness, yeah. your life will change. Yeah. It will, cause you'd be like, Oh, it's okay. You know, yeah. cause I am. I'm so grateful for what I do have. Yeah. I have a roof over my head. I have a car to go to work. I have my health and I have opportunity. Yeah. And that, I have time. That's the biggest, I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's the, probably one of the most valuable things you said is, is, um, if you can have that, if you can make that change within yourself, cause, cause you know, the world and, and maybe your tendencies are going to want you to feel sorry for yourself mm-hmm. and that everyone else is ahead of you and, uh, and you don't have X, Y, and Z and that's why you're going to fail, et cetera, doubting yourself, mm-hmm. you know, lack of confidence, all those kind of things. If you can kind of forget about that for a moment, you know, and just, uh, come with that heart posture, yep. like you say, I love how you say that a lot, um, of gratitude it really does change everything. everything. Absolutely everything. everything. Everything about your life, everything about your personal life, everything about uh, how you perceive your business and your relationships and all of those things. It's just, I, I, I think that might be one of the biggest things you can do to change your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even when you have the, the worst the worst day, it's like, 
man, I'm thankful yeah. that I made it through. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. you've already made it through a hundred percent of all your worst days, you know? Yeah. 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 That's for sure. None of know? them killed you yet. No, we're both still here, yep. you know? Um, and that's, that's something to be happy about and something to be grateful for. And there's always something, you know, like I was thinking yesterday, I, I lost a guy who I wanted to hire, mm-hmm. you know, I'd mentioned that earlier and, uh, and I was down on it. I was like, oh my gosh, uh, like that would have changed things or this or that. But that's also giving me, that's also giving myself too much credit in knowing the future of yeah. that relationship yeah. as well. You know, I don't know what would have happened with yeah. that relationship. I don't know what, what could have happened or what I'm missing out. Of, like I'm not, I'm no fortune teller. Yeah. So there's no reason to really lament over that because I, I have no idea of what, what that could, what could have came of that. But, you know? men, but mentally, you know, you create this fantasy of, oh, of all yeah. the things to oh, come, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I had already started it. Yeah. I had already started down that line of yep. that fantasy. You yeah. Know? And uh, that was a learning experience as well. That hadn't happened to me too yeah. many times, you know? But, you know, but even in the practice of extreme thankfulness, it's like, yeah. man, like, Lord, thank you that you provided him that opportunity, you know, because yeah. you meeting him may have yeah. just been a, been a seed and it may lead to business in the future, you for know, sure, for sure. or you may have dodged a huge bullet. You that's know? true you too. You don't know. You that's know? what I realized. And, and that's when I, I could see how I was growing because, um, you know, earlier times in my life, I would have taken it completely different, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and I looked at it, I look, I did naturally look at it that way. I was down for a little bit yeah. and I was like, oh, and I kept thinking about it. I'm like, mm, man. Um, but then I started thinking about that and then I, then the thought popped in my mind, you know what, maybe it wouldn't have been the way I was thinking anyway. And, uh, and then I just, I walked through that a little bit yeah. and, and that, that was evidence to me that I've, I've had some growth yeah. you know, myself. And you know, it's like, even when you're trying to practice extreme gratitude, like it's still okay to feel things, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, we're like, we have emotions, you know? Yeah. Um, but emotions, you know, it's like, I like to tell people like emotions are a, like a great teacher, but a terrible master. Like they're never meant to rule you. Yeah. They're yeah. meant, you can gauge, you can gauge, you can gauge where you're at, but they're never supposed to, to, to rule over your life, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so it's important to, to acknowledge emotions and, and deal with them of like, oh man, I'm, I'm disappointed yeah. and I can actually express that, mm-hmm. but I can also be like, oh, well, I'm still thankful for what's to come. Thankful for them, bless them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I'll, so much of like, if I could just leave everyone with one thing, it would just be that e- extreme thankfulness will change absolutely everything in your life. Yeah. Because yeah. all of a sudden every, the, the thing that seems like it's crushing you isn't so bad. Yeah. Um, because perspective, you know, it's like so often we just view things through the wrong lens, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, you know, we're in King Cake season and at Great Harvest and, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're, it's by far the busiest, um, we've ever been. And it's like, you know, it's, uh, you know, everyone, you know, everyone's getting time and a half right now. And like, I mean, I'm writing that payroll check, you know, but yeah. I'm like, man, thank you that I get to bless them, you know, like, yeah. And like, thank you that I have the ability to bless them, you know, and yeah. it's like, it's just perspective, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it really does change everything. Well, it, it's been awesome talking to you and I, that's our, this isn't the last, last time we're going to do this probably, but I want to, um, that how I've been kind of sending off the episodes is, uh, even though we've talked about so many valuable yeah. things, what I like to do is ask the guest to um, kind of look into the camera and talk to that person out there that is in that hopeless environment yeah. that that you certainly have ex- experienced in your life, whether it's business, whether it's uh, 
um, death, whether it's um, uh, extreme trauma, whatever it is that they're trying to get over and they don't feel like they have the mental tools in the toolbox to handle it, to go another day, to uh, get through what they're get, you know, going through. And I want you to just kind of give that advice uh, that you think uh, is uh, is going to help them because this person may be out there, and uh, and I think it's important to maybe think about that and, and yeah. try to help that person. Yeah. So for the person out there that uh, feels hopeless, um, the best advice I would tell you is uh, that there's strength in numbers. Um, so often when we are in seasons of just despair, we isolate ourselves. Uh, we don't want anyone to know what we're going through because there's shame attached to it. Um, the, 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 we have a, this thought in our mind that they perceive us as a failure. Um, but there is such strength in community and there's such strength in vulnerability and there's such strength in asking for help. Um, and people, uh, what, what social media has done is that it has created this sense that no one else is going through what I'm going through, but we are really all living the same experience. Um, you know, uh, I could, I could say something and I guarantee Bo would be like, Oh, I've been through that in my life. Uh, we are all going through it. And if, uh, the person you're opening up to isn't going through it, there is someone trustworthy that is. And so don't let that lie in your head of like, you're the only one going through this. This is the only struggle. Like you're the only one struggling with this. Um, you know, especially when it comes to like really heavy things, like, you know, if you're struggling with like suicidal thoughts, it's like, um, I've, 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 I went through a season where I really struggled with suicide, you know? Um, and so there are people out there that are going through what you have been through and have made it through the other side. And so don't lose your hope and open up to people. Um, now make sure your circle is safe. Make sure there's not a circle of people that will violate your trust and spread your stuff everywhere. But um, really reach out to people who you know love you and open up about them. And hey, I am really struggling with XYZ. Um, and sometimes you just need to talk about it and just talking about it lets you know that it's going to be okay and it's actually not that bad and it can reorient your perspective. And so I would say um, surround yourself with good community um, of people who you know love you and people that uh, you trust. And if you don't have that, seek it out. You know, um, there are all kinds of men's group, women's group. There's all kinds of helplines. There's AA. Um, reach out for help because there's strength in numbers and you're not alone and your problem is not unique to you. As harsh as that sounds, your problem is not unique to you and there are people that have walked through it and made it out the other side and that can pour back into you. Um, you know, because, um, you know, you want to surround yourself with people who are overflowing and have been through where you're, you've been, cause you're not full until you're overflowing. And so surround yourself with people who are overflowing that can fill your cup. Yeah. Outstanding, man. That was, that was awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's been great having you on, man. Thanks, I appreciate thanks it, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll sign it off, man. We'll see you guys next time. Um, again, this is, uh, uh, Brian Malasaw of uh, Great Harvest Bread Company and uh, C620 Nutrition. Um, I'll try to link, you know, yeah, some for links sure. for you in the podcast and everything. But check them out, you know, if you're looking looking for a coach or or somebody to guide you through that process. Or on the uh, extreme other side of it, if you're looking for a good king cake, uh, he he can kind of give you whatever you need. So uh, so we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.